signs and omens. Are we supposed to be concerned if the celestial beings indicate that perhaps there's a bad energy in the world? In this week's parasha, where we read about the creation of the stars and the heavenly bodies, Rashi quotes the Talmud that says, eclipses could be a negative sign, but we as Jews shouldn't worry about it. And so we have to understand, eclipses are natural phenomena that you can actually predict way in advance. How could they possibly be signs? How could the Talmud, for example, say that there are four classes of sin which cause such eclipses? And while some will argue that it actually means if we get to see the eclipse as opposed to where that happens, that indicates that it's a bad sign. The better explanation is probably that there is certain there are certain times that are susceptible to certain negative energies, and they are represented by these eclipses. And there's a big difference between living Jewish and being part of the rest of the world when it comes to these susceptible times or negative energies. In this week's parish, when the Pasuk tells us that God placed the heavenly celestial beings to illuminate the world and that they would be signs, so signs heavy Rashi's Maimechazal. Rashi quotes the Gemara in Sukkah that tells us, If there is an eclipse, it's a bad sign for the world. Shenemra, as the Pasuk in Yumiyahu tells us, That you need not be afraid of the signs that are in the heavens. It implies that they are bad signs, but you don't have to be afraid of them. Why not? Because if you're doing what Hashem wants, you need not fear the misfortune associated with these eclipses. So we need to understand this principle. What exactly is the Gemara trying to tell us? So, so the Gemara talks about why there would be an eclipse, and it says there are four possible reasons. There are four possible reasons for a solar eclipse. And then it lists them. If you have the chief justice who dies and people don't give him a proper eulogy, or various other sins that the Gemara discusses, very interesting. And then it goes on, that there are four different ways that perhaps it'd be a lunar eclipse, and it explains what they are. People who forge documents, etc. In other words, whichever way you look at it, the Gemara is telling us that that eclipses are the result of or in some way connected to human behavior. Now there's an obvious question. The notion of an eclipse, whether it be solar or lunar, is built into the fabric of nature. First of all, we can tell that the eclipses happen at certain times. To the extent that we can predict them in advance, well in advance. So then how could the Gemara suggest that there's certain kinds of behavior that cause an eclipse? An eclipse is because that's nature. Considering that this is part and parcel of creation that nobody could prevent through behavior. So we need to understand this. And because of this question, people have used it as cover for not wanting to believe things that the sages say. Because you see, that's, that doesn't make sense. So maybe other things don't make sense. So there were various people throughout history who used this as an illustration of, you see, not everything that the rabbis say has to be taken at face value. And it's not necessarily accurate. And then that became a great excuse to say, and therefore I'm not going to be observant because who can trust the rabbis anyway? They believe in this primitive notion that an eclipse is the result of behavior. 
Truth be told, though, the truth is, a person who chooses not to fulfill Torah mitzvahs, it's usually not for a rational reason. It's more of an impulsive decision where a person has certain temptations. And then subsequently a person will rationalize their choices with all these very developed intellectual arguments. And that's why people will hide behind this kind of a question. Oh, the rabbis were backward. Where actually, if you just give a brief analysis to the story, you'll see very quickly that the question has no basis. Why does the question have no basis? So we'll build a case to show that what the rabbis were saying in the Gemara is not as simplistic as, if you misbehave, the sun's going to go out. So what were they saying? First of all, one thing we can all agree on, by the time the Gemara was written, even the time the Mishnah was written, throughout the entire world, the intellectual world, including the non-Jewish world, they already knew how to, in advance, how to predict when there'd be an eclipse. Anybody who knows a little bit about Jewish history, whether it be from Jewish sources, or whether it be from contemporary sources, we understand that there was a lot of cross-pollination between the general scientists of the day and the sages. And they, they debated all kinds of issues of intellect, including all the astronomical calculations. These were things that they debated and they discussed. So even if you want to be stubborn about it and say there's no way that the rabbis who were so primitive understood things like astronomy at the time, so even if you want to be stubborn enough to say that they, the contemporary scientists, did not gain knowledge about astronomy from the Jewish scientists, even if you don't want to go that route, what cannot be debated is that at a time where it was widely known that there are cycles of eclipses, and that was known in the non-Jewish world, for sure, there's no question that that information was as available to the Jewish leadership whether if you want to believe it's because they spoke to those scientists doesn't change the fact. They knew this information. Particularly issues relating to, the, uh, to astronomy because we as Jews have to know these things in order to facilitate our calendar. So therefore it goes without saying that this statement by our sages that an eclipse is a bad sign or and linked to four modes of behavior, cannot in any way be in conflict with the principle that an eclipse is a natural phenomenon. So we just have to understand how to put the two together. We'll attempt one explanation, discard it, go for a deeper explanation. 
Perhaps one way to explain would be that gossip is there. So the first attempt is to say, look, maybe what the Gemara meant was not so much that if an eclipse occurs, it's because of this behavior, but rather it's if we as a community observe an eclipse, that would be Hashem's way of telling us that we're, we're not up to par. The fact that Hashem would have shown the Jewish people a so-called bad omen. If Hashem's intention in that would be to rattle our cage a little bit and to, to prompt us to do Teshuvah, then obviously it would be important for us to see the eclipse. Otherwise, how does it have an effect on us? And that could answer the question. Nature tells us that there will be eclipses. And that's built into the natural order, and it's immutable. But who says that it will actually be visible to human beings? For example, it might be overcast, and you don't get to see the eclipse. So it's happening, but you don't see it. So perhaps that's the answer. That detail of whether or not the eclipse will be visible, that is commensurate with human behavior. If the Jewish community is guilty of one of these four misdeeds, then the eclipse will be visible to the community. And if we behave the way that we should, then Hashem will create cloud cover and we won't see the eclipse, so it won't be relevant to us. We'll be part of the natural process without impact on our community. Okay, sounds like a good explanation, right? But the Rebbe is dissatisfied because it's actually not an acceptable explanation. But time over for the following reason. First of all, first of all, there's certain regions where it's almost never cloudy. Like the Torah tells us very clearly, Egypt has no rain. Well, if it has no rain, then the likelihood is it doesn't have clouds too often. So, it's an impractical solution in many parts of the world. But besides that, look at the words that the rabbis used. The fact that the expression our sages used in the Gemara was, if the luminaries are eclipsed, that implies that the emphasis is not on when people see an eclipse. That's not what the rabbis said. They didn't say if people see an eclipse, that's a sign. They said if there is an eclipse, that is a sign. And actually, that's why the Gemara distinguishes over here between Jews and the rest of the world because if it's a solar eclipse, it's bad news for the rest of the world. Whereas, but if it's a lunar eclipse, it's bad news, God forbid, for us. Because our calendar tracks the moon, and their calendar tracks the sun. So what happens to the sun is relevant in their lives. What happens to the moon is relevant in our lives. So therefore, that implies, that correlation that the Gemara makes indicates that because we are similar to the moon, our behavior impacts the moon, not our seeing the impact on the moon. It impacts the moon. And because the other nations are compared to the sun, their behavior impacts the sun, not what they see happen to the sun. So that implies that that why is there an eclipse 
Why is the sun weakened? Because the nations are weakened. Why is the moon weakened? Because we are, God forbid, weakened. Which would then imply that if we are as Jews should be, then it wouldn't be sufficient to say, we're behaving as we should, so the lunar eclipse still happens, we just don't see it. Logic would say, if we're behaving as we should, the moon should remain whole. There shouldn't be an eclipse, regardless of whether we see it or not. So we're back to square one with a question, how could we believe that our behavior will affect something that is actually built into the normal natural cycles? Sabir Bozeh Wapashas is actually a simpler explanation than you'd think. Listen carefully. What did the Gemara say? If there is an eclipse, it is a bad sign, a bad omen. And that bad omen is tethered to four types of bad behavior. Who? That means this. If there is an eclipse, the fact that there's currently an eclipse is an indicator to us that right now a negative energy has power in our world. In fact, we find that in many places across rabbinic literature that there are certain times that have negative muzzle, negative energy flow associated with them. And that's why there are certain times you shouldn't get married and there are certain times that you shouldn't start a new business and there are certain times that if a person is born at that time they have to be very cautious about their upbringing and their behavior. In other words, there are certain times there was man misugolipuranus. There are certain times that are susceptible to misfortune. So if it is a time that is susceptible to misfortune, then it means that this is a time where on high, they are quicker to meet out consequences for certain bad behavior. So it's not like we behave badly, therefore there's an eclipse. It's almost the reverse. Because there's an eclipse, that's an indicator that in the natural order, this is a time that is susceptible to consequences for those specific behaviors. That's what the Gemara says. And if you're doing what Hashem wants, then you have nothing to fear. Because there is this breach in the system, but it won't affect you because you have immunity. You're not doing anything that makes you susceptible to the problem. You're behaving as you should. So if the system is breached right now, it's okay. You're vaccinated spiritually against it and you'll be okay. There's no reason, no cause why people should have to suffer consequences. So now that you look at this way, we've turned the whole thing on its head. Now, the whole, the whole question evaporates. Because there is no suggestion in the words of our sages that our behavior causes the eclipse. All that we're seeing in that eclipse is that this is a time in the natural cycle where Hashem would choose to punish certain behaviors. So if those behaviors are present in the community, this is the time when somebody or when the community might be punished for it. 
אולם זמנים אלו של מזרח חולו ביחד עם הסימונים שבהם אחרי נקבעו מלכתחילה באופן זה בטבע וסדר הבריאה. But what's clear is that that's how nature was designed. They would have these little punctured holes in the protection against the community's being harmed, these are times where that protection is not there. So if the community cannot protect itself, if the community hasn't behaved accordingly, then the community is exposed. Like for example, the examples in the Gemara Shabbos where it says, where the Gemara goes through all different examples. If a person is born on this day of the weekend, at this time of the day, then they're susceptible to certain behavior. Does that mean that they have no choice, that they have no escape? Does that mean? No, it just means it's susceptible. So if they don't protect themselves, they will align with that kind of behavior. So that's our explanation. Our behavior doesn't cause the eclipse. The eclipse is an alert to the fact that there is now exposure. So if your behavior is not right, now is when you're going to get zapped. Although we still have to understand this better. We still got to understand something over here because we know the Gemara distinguished between Jews and the rest of the world. Why the distinction? The Gemara distinguished between Jews and idolaters. The Gemara said, as long as the Jews are doing what Hashem wants, we have nothing to fear from any of these signs or susceptibilities. The Pasuk says, don't be afraid of the signs in the heavens. Says the Gemara, because the non-Jews should be afraid. And the Gemara derives from that that the nations of the world should be afraid and not us. So we So now we need to understand what's going on over here because that seems to indicate that in the same circumstances where we would feel protected and not be afraid of the eclipse, it's in those same circumstances that the nations of the world would still be vulnerable. So let's understand that. Let's understand what's going on over here. The way we explained it was, if there's an eclipse, that is a sign that right now on high, there's a propensity to judge us on these specific behaviors. And then, how could you be protected? We said, if you're doing what Hashem wants. Meaning, So the logic then said that we as a Jewish nation, if we are not violating these four behaviors, we have nothing to fear from what is represented by those eclipses. So why is that any different to the Jewish people? It should be for every human being on the planet. Any person who behaves in line with what Hashem wants should never fear the eclipses. Yet the Gemara doesn't say that. It says, we... As Jews, if we follow what Hashem wants, need not be afraid, implying, and not only implying, stating clearly, and if the nations, regardless of how they behave, should be afraid of the eclipses, why? So to understand this gets to the core of the principle of how Jews think differently and need to look differently at the principle of omens and astrology and predictions and nature, etc. Sabir Bozeh. The explanation is the idea that there's an impact from the celestial world into our world, that there's an astronomical, astrological impact or some kind of supernatural impact on our world. 
That's something that doesn't only impact the principles of reward and punishment. It actually impacts the nature of people. So, for example, a person's born under a particular star sign, which in Judaism is not just simply what month you're born in, but what day of the week and what time of the day. That means that that individual will now have a propensity to a certain kind of behavior or to a certain kind of character. Or le dogma. Yes, another example. It's got nothing to do with your birth hour. The Gemara tells us that the average person will gain most of their wisdom by studying at night. So what does that mean? Does that mean that nobody will ever succeed if they study during the day? Obviously not. So what's it telling us? What the Gemara means is that the night is more predisposed to success in learning than the day is. During the day, you'll need greater effort to achieve the same result. And if you think about it, it's actually quite logical because there are less disturbances at night than there are during the day. And so therefore, you can understand this is not some kind of magical formula. It's a practical formula. It's a time that has a propensity for success in learning simply because nobody's disturbing you. And a similar kind of thing will now will extrapolate out to your birth hour or your birthday. When the Gemara and Shabbos goes through all these examples, a person born at this time is going to predispose to that kind of behavior. And that's why certain people should become a shoichet or a moil because they'll be predisposed to bloodshed. So let's rather keep it in a kosher environment. What does that mean? It means the implication of that Gemara is that the person's character and nature is a direct result of when they were born. That doesn't mean that now you're locked into a certain reality. That doesn't mean that that's it. All people born on a Monday afternoon are all locked into the same character and the same types of temptations and the same weaknesses. Because a fundamental principle of Judaism, as the Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuva, is that every one of us has been given carte blanche to choose to either be pious or the opposite. As the Rambam writes there in the laws of Teshuvah, it is impossible to believe that your nature will drag you down a particular path that you cannot escape. Hello, so what does it then mean? What it means is a person who's born at this time is born with an inclination in a particular direction. But every single one of us has the capability with a little bit of work to overcome that inclination, even to change it, even to go in the opposite direction. So a person could say, yes, I was born at a particular time. That means I have a predisposition towards laziness, towards anger, towards lust. These things are all true. But it's a predisposition. It's an inclination. It's your personal challenge. It's not your mold. It's not a ball and chain. Every one of us has the opportunity and the responsibility to challenge that. As the Rambam explains in his Shmeine Prakim, that there's no such thing as a person who is born as somebody with only greatness or somebody with only lack. 
It's only possible that a person can be born with a predisposition to greatness or to lack. And therefore, cardinal principle, your innate nature is not a life sentence. You at any time can choose to become someone different, to change, to alter, to, to supersede. The only thing is, what's the difference between one person and the next? Using the Rambam's language, a person who is predisposed to greatness will require less investment and less effort to make the right choices to achieve that greatness. Because Hashem has given him a golden ticket and his nature is predisposed in such a healthy, positive way. But at the same time, that person retains the free choice to wreck his life. There are no guarantees. Even if you were given that golden ticket, it's possible for a person to completely mess up. Whereas if a person is predisposed to failure, to lack, to poor judgment or behavior, then it's going to take a tremendous amount of effort for that person to elevate and upgrade himself to actually become somebody of greatness. Oh, by the way, and if a person realizes that I have a, v- a really weighty challenge on my hands in order to reach this greatness, Okay, that also means that you've been given greater potential than the average person because Hashem never gives the camel more than it can, and more load than it can carry. In other words, Hashem doesn't challenge us with something that He hasn't already empowered us to be able to overcome. So in other words, the person who feels that I, this is my nature, what do you want from me? This is me, this is how Hashem designed me. Yes, that's how Hashem designed you. And now look a little deeper and you'll find something else that Hashem designed within you, which is the capability to overcome that. That's in the human experience. The human experience of being predisposed this way or that way by nature. A similar thing, predisposed a particular way by timing, by astrological sign. Even though the language of the Gemara seems to indicate that a person born at this time will be this kind of person. Sounds almost locked in. It is not definite. Instead, as we've just said, the implication is that that person will require more effort to escape that particular nature. And by the way, the same thing can apply to time. If you have a day that he said, this is a harsh day on the calendar. All it means is that this is a day where there's a greater likelihood of something bad happening or negative happening. And that's why you have to be really careful on that day not to do certain things. You don't start a new venture on a Monday or on a Wednesday because they're harsh energies. It doesn't mean that no venture could ever succeed on a Monday. It doesn't mean that nothing can ever be positive in the nine days of Av. And that's why the same halacha that says don't start a new venture on a Monday or Wednesday will be overridden by the fact that if there's a mitzvah to do, you should never delay it. So rather do the mitzvah, even if it's going to be on a Monday or Wednesday. 
With the right kind of investment and effort, a person can even succeed on the harsh days. So the principle is there is nature, and then there's life within nature, which is to stand up and to challenge the nature and to shift the nature and to succeed. So now we can understand that when it says, if there's an eclipse, it's a bad sign. The message is not just simply, okay, lunar eclipse, this is a time for punishment, for certain behaviors. But actually means that at a time of an eclipse, people will subconsciously find themselves drawn to certain negative behaviors. But it's not a, not a werewolf syndrome where now suddenly you have no choice and you behave in a particular way because it's a full moon, or in this case, an eclipsed moon. The primary lesson is, no matter what the pull of the natural forces, each of us is empowered to be able to pull back and not to not, not to uh, fall. That will actually help us appreciate why the particular language the Gemara uses in its parable to represent a solar eclipse. It says, It's like a human king who made a massive banquet for his followers, for his subjects. And he put a beautiful lamp to illuminate the area. And when he got angry, because I guess the, guess the subjects weren't behaving as they should, he told one of his servants to take away the lamp. So he put the lamp there, but the servant had to take it away. The Gemara specifically chose a parable where the king does not force the issue of darkness. Meaning, what that wants to imply is, yes, the process of an eclipse is something that happens in the natural order. It's not Hashem saying, that's it, I'm dimming the light. Because if Hashem would do it, you wouldn't be able to escape it. He's saying, I'm creating something that will uh, tempt you, that will create a susceptibility. So therefore, when the Gemara said that there are four sins or behaviors that cause an eclipse, it doesn't mean because they actually did X, therefore there's now an eclipse, because of these four things. Rather, what it means is, Because this is a time where people are naturally predisposed to this kind of negative behavior, that's why this is a time where the nature itself is predisposed to eclipse. Now we can understand why the message is the Jewish nation, if you're doing what Hashem wants, fear nothing. But the rest of the world may still need to fear the signs in the sky. Why? Despite the fact that every human being has the ability to overcome their natural tendencies. Whether they are the natural tendencies that you have because of the time that you're living in or the time where you were born or whatever. And every single person can, and therefore is responsible to live appropriately. 
שכן אף שאין ביד המינה הבכיר אלא מאיתוי מקומוקם אין הם נאנושם אלא אם כן חוטם מעצמם. Because we know that the concept of real בכירה, real free choice, is reserved only for those who have a neshama that is chedek elakam mimal mamash, part of Hashem, because only Hashem can have a free choice. But still, the rest of the world is only held accountable for choices that they deliberately make, bad choices that they deliberately make. So they can make choices, right? Because the nations of the world are fundamentally subject to the laws of nature. They would require massive intervention to be able to change the nature of the world and its impact on them. That's why they should be afraid when it's a time of that's a time of solar eclipse. Because, because this is a time that now shows that their inclination will be to bad behavior and will take so much effort on their part to pull back from that because it's unnatural for them to pull back. Whereas we Jews, when we have added in our service of Hashem, beyond our natural way of dedicating, we're doing what Hashem wants, not just what feels good for us or is easy for us. Then we supersede nature altogether. We even supersede nature as it is written in the stars. And we have nothing therefore to feel, to fear. Not only can we through the requisite effort overcome the forces of nature, we don't even consider the concerns of nature in the first place. And we realize we're so connected to Hashem and committed to Hashem that we even start ventures on those so-called difficult days without a fear in the world. And then we reach an even higher level. Where we don't have to consider the rules of nature at all. Because the way that Hashem interfaces with the righteous in the world, which is all of us, we're all righteous, is in an absolutely miraculous, supernatural way. And please God, that should be our experience all the way to the ultimate miracle of all, the coming of Mashiach now.